0: everyone, I'm your host Josh, and you're listening to The Batcave, where we talk about movies for everyone. So if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on Spotify so you can stay up to date on new and upcoming episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram and make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, and your support is highly appreciated, so thank you. So in this episode, we'll be covering the movie Dumb and Dumber. So this movie came out in 1994, and it's rated PG-13. So the cast of this movie is Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, and Lauren Holly, And the director of this film, it was directed by the Farrelly brothers. So they worked on movies like Shallow Howl, uh, Me, Myself, and Irene, and also There's Something About Mary. So definitely a lot of movies under their belt. And the music composer it was Todd Rundgren. So I'm not familiar with him, but he's a musician. Um, he's not really a music composer. They just used... Or the director used his music to, you know, basically be the background for this movie for the most part. So the synopsis of this film is about best friends, um, Harry and Lloyd, which are not so intelligent guys. So they find themselves on a road trip to Aspen, Colorado, looking to return a briefcase that belongs to a woman that he previously drove to the airport. So uh, Jim Carrey, he plays Lloyd, and he's a limo driver. So my first reaction watching this trailer I mean, it's funny. It shows some of the classic one-liners, but it doesn't do the movie justice. Uh, The actual movie is portrayed much better. So if you just watch the trailer and you've never seen the movie, try not to base your opinion on the trailer alone. Um, Watch the movie and you'll most likely, you won't be disappointed, basically. So some fun facts about this movie. um, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels improvise a lot of their iconic and famous lines in the movie. And when Jim Carrey looked at the newspaper at the bar and said, "Uh, no way, that's great. We landed on the moon. When he said that, um, he improvised that whole thing. So he actually, that wasn't in the script. He added it and they they just kept it in the movie because it just went so well. And for his character, obviously. And then also when when Jim Carrey says, I want to hear the most annoying sound in the world. And then he screams into one of the character's ears. when they're on their road trip that that scene was also improvised and um jeff daniels which is his co-star in the movie his reaction when you're watching the movie was real so he was laughing for real he wasn't acting (laughs) um i imagine that most of you know not just this movie but jim carrey and actors like jim carrey they they those are the actors that improvise and make the movie even more special they make the movie even more worth watching. Like Tom Hanks, I I know he improvises a lot of his work um, in his movies. Like there was a scene, I don't remember what movie it was, but there was a scene where he was like talking to one of the characters at, at a grocery store, and then he just picks up a random pineapple right there in the fruit section and starts pretending he's dancing with it. And it goes perfectly with the scene, like, and it wasn't part of the script. So I mean, that's what that reminds me of. I mean, it's that's what I love about how how actors can do that. How they can just use what they have and just add to it based on their, you know, their 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 creative mind. You know, that's pretty cool. And then, well, that's the beauty of improvising. So, going back to some fun facts, the Fairly Brothers, which is the directors of the film, so they didn't want Jeff Daniels. In the movie, which is the the guy that played Harry, his best friend in the movie, they didn't want to play. They didn't want Jeff Daniels to play uh, that character in the movie at first, but Jim Carrey actually convinced them that he was the perfect person for the part. So they offered Jeff Daniels fifty thousand dollars for the part, and he accepted it immediately, just to make sure they didn't change their minds on him, and so he wouldn't lose that opportunity since they were already kind of not wanting him for the part. And then Jeff Daniels, his agent. He said he was making a mistake, but the end result of the movie actually made it his most successful role at the time. So that's really cool. I mean, at first they didn't want him and they realized they were making the biggest mistake, especially after the movie was released, because I mean, this movie couldn't have, it wouldn't have been the same if they chose someone else, honestly. So everything happens for a reason. And um, Jim Carrey, um, his tooth in the movie was actually chipped um, during filming. So he re- he it was already chipped. So he removed a tooth cap. He had to cover the chip, you know, since it actually fit his role. So I, I I guess he wore that because um he chipped his tooth when he was very young, and he just kept it in the movie. He didn't cover it with his tooth cap. So <laughs> I mean that's pretty interesting because I mean his his chip in the movie is like really exaggerating. So I thought they added that, but no, he already had the chip. He just used that. For his character since it fit his like his like goofy character and then also after um ace ventura which is the the movies that jim carrey also got famous off of um jim carrey's charge fee after ace ventura since it was so successful his charge fee as an actor increased drastically so when offered the role for this movie he was first offered seven hundred thousand dollars but his agent was able to negotiate it up to seven million dollars. That, That's crazy. That's a huge jump. I mean, imagine? like 700,000 to seven million. man. It makes sense, though, that was a smart move when it comes to his agent, because, I mean, he's he made so, he was so successful with Ace Ventura, and now, you know, they're offering him this role. I mean, he had to, you know, step it up a notch. You know, basically charging what he's actually worth, you know, as an actor, of course. So Jim Carrey was the first actor in film history to have three number one movies at the box office all in the same year. So with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber. That's that's awesome. I mean, I had no idea, you know, he broke that record, but I'm, it's no surprise. Jim Carrey is unique. He's one of the funniest people on the planet, or the, the funniest people in the entertainment industry. He His jokes, his personality, his timing, he's he's a legend. So also another fun fact. So the, the high-end uh, Danbury Hotel in this movie was actually the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. I don't know if I said that right. Estees Park, Colorado, which is the haunted 106-year-old hotel in Stephen King's The Shining movie. I had no idea. I had no idea they used that actual hotel for the movie. I mean, it was one of the scenes where they're living large and they're, you know, they're spending money and, you know, going to this probably five-star hotel or six-star hotel. And turns out it was the one in the shining. Wow. So also. That must have been freaky, man. I mean, I know a lot about that stuff and ghosts or spirits or whatever you call it or whatever you want to call it. And imagine having to stay there while filming and not just filming the scenes, but having to stay overnight. Like that's I'm good on that. <laughs> I would probably just stay at another hotel and just meet them for filming the next day. But yeah, Jim Carrey. Uh, specifically requested to stay in the most haunted room, which was room 217. But he checked out after only three hours because of the paranormal activity in the room. So I can only imagine what he experienced. So he was down. He was like, yeah, let's do it. He was probably just trying to provoke it. He was just like doubting. I I don't know what what his beliefs were at the time, but he probably didn't even believe that stories were true. So he was like, no, it's all show. I'm going to stay in the most haunted room you supposedly say It's the most haunted, or it's haunted or cursed. I'll take room to 217. Nope, he was out after three hours. I would have been too. So some highlights of this movie. Um, Definitely the beginning of this movie is a funny highlight. And uh, during the dog delivery scene, (laughs) it was a mess, and it was obnoxious. And like the vehicle he was driving was comedy. The airport scene with Lloyd. (laughs) when first meeting and picking up mary swanson which is the supporting female character in the movie (laughs) oh my god there's just so many one-liners and like classic jokes that you uh, like and you never get tired of and you can never go wrong i mean there's so many lines and like classic quotes from this movie that that um me my brother and my sister you know occasionally bring up and quote and especially in that airport scene where he drops Mary Swanson off and he asks her about, cause he likes her. He falls in love with her at first sight. <laughs> and then he starts to like tripping over his words and asking her really dumb questions. <laughs> oh man. But, yeah, a lot of good one liners and classic jokes. So yeah, another scene, it's when they hit rock bottom in the, in the movie and uh, they're in their apartment and the lines that they exchange were classic comedy once again, and also when they go to a diner and run into some trouble with one of the customers and his friends, another classic scene. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, there's—it's so hard to, you know, note all the classic scenes because the whole movie is a classic. I mean, it's—it's it's consistent with its jokes. It, it, um, it's so original, you know. And nowadays, you know, yeah, there's some there's some original jokes in films nowadays, but you can't compare this comedy to comedies now. I mean, now it's just, I don't know. It's just focused on being vulgar and nasty. And I don't know. I just, especially like R-rated films, they're, they just go over the top trying to be funny. And they just overdo it sometimes. I'm not saying all movies, but there's a lot of movies nowadays that are just like, they're just exaggerating they're over the top they're like they're a little too nasty sometimes or just like man you're really trying to be funny that's not funny that's nasty <laughs> but no this movie i respect the the this movie because it has and and the script and the people that worked on this movie because i mean the jokes are the jokes are unique they're unique they don't have to be overly nasty to be funny they just really deliver some good content, some good script. And it, it just, it's just rare to have movies like that nowadays, you know, where they just land every joke. And it just, it just, I mean, I think it's also just the talent of the actors and their timing and how they kind of like portray their characters. It's just everything fits so well. But yeah, um, throughout the road trip, when they're driving together and taking turns, they run into some funny situations and dilemmas. So one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is when they go to this barbecue house with another character and the character has trouble with what he eats and what they say to him and what they do to him is hilarious. Like those are one of the, the, the scenes where I'll like, like quote it with my brother and sister <laughs> all the time, occasionally, never gets old. So also when Harry, um, he starts, I'm sorry, when Lloyd, which is Jim Carrey's uh character, he starts dreaming and falling asleep while he's on the road. I'll never forget that dream sequence. Like it's so random, but I mean it's comedy. It has like some dark comedy to it too, which I, I didn't expect it, especially first watching it as a kid. It was really dark. It was like it was really dark, but it but but it but it flowed, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't out of it it was out of pocket, but in a good way. <laughs> it was savage. It was a savage scene. I don't. I, I'm just trying to like describe it as general as possible, so I don't give anything away. But people that have watched this movie know what I'm talking about. That dream sequence, especially at the end of that dream, it was comedy, man. It was so stupid, <laughs> but it was funny. Good stupid. <laughs> there are too many highlights to cover since this whole movie is basically one constant highlight. That's a good way to put it. So many classic one-liners and scenes in this movie. I actually quote the movie at work with my boss. And we know all the lines to the movie. So it's funny. Like, he'll say one line and and then I'll finish it. Because I I know, like, every line of this movie. And my uh, brother, John, and my sister, Jackie, uh, they know most of the lines in this movie, too. So, like, we'll finish each other's sentences. (laughs) Like, it's just hilarious. I mean... It's classic. I don't really know how else to explain it. So why is this movie good? Obviously, you already, you know, have an idea of that based on what I just shared. But like I said, I mean, this movie has a consistent script that really lands every joke and for its time as well. It's early 90s. Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are the perfect match, and it legit looks like they're actual best friends. Like, it it looks so real it just it's it just so believable it's so like natural they're they're just naturals like it doesn't even look like i'm watching a movie anymore like it just seems like they're stu- they're dumb goofy airheaded best friends that just like like run into some trouble throughout the film and it's funny it's just so funny and they have perfect chemistry they have really good chemistry and um of course they're acting a spot on and each of them nailed the characters spot on. I couldn't have imagined this movie without them. I can't say that enough. I mean, they, they were a perfect match when it comes to co-stars or being co-stars. Um, this movie is definitely one of the greatest comedies for its time. And it has a good story, too. It's not just a dumb comedy where it doesn't really have weight to It doesn't have a meaning or it doesn't really lead to anywhere. No, it has a great story and it actually leads to somewhere and it keeps the viewer engaged it, and despite it being a dumb comedy like you know them being dumb I'm not saying it's a dumb movie I'm saying it's it's like dumb humor but although it's it has it, it's a movie that's dumb humor it has a good valid worth watching you know important story you know it's not it's not it's not foolish so they did a good job when it comes to storytelling and although it's you know about two best friends that are dumb and literally it's called dumb and dumber the movie and it, it, i mean it's it, it's a solid story they're basically going on an adventure as best friends on a road trip and not just a few parts are funny the whole movie is funny and i'm not exaggerating you got to watch it for yourself like throughout this whole movie they just drop some one-liners that flow so perfectly and just how they express themselves are, are, is just comedy. So some plot twists. There definitely are a few plot twists. And especially regarding like who's behind the whole scheme and dilemma of the characters in the first place. So that was unexpected. You don't really expect who was behind all of it. That's pretty much it. I don't really want to reveal anything else. I just want to just kind of go over it lightly. Some memorable moments. That kind of ties in with the highlights, but I'll go over some of the same topics and also just other ones as well. So the opening scene when the main characters introduced, of course, uh, multiple scenes where the characters are on the road. The diner scene, like I said, that barbecue house scene and the jokes within them are unforgettable. They're classic. Um, the dream sequence that I mentioned, uh, when they discover what's in the briefcase and they're returning it to Mary and the lines that were exchanged and <laughs> like... How they kind of like got into it and they're best friends, you know, so when they like it's funny because like it seems like they they don't get mad at each other. Like they're they're just buddies and you know, and no, like (laughs) how they got mad at each other and turned on each other was hilarious in that scene. I mean, although, yeah, every friend or anybody that you're in a friendship or relationship with, you're going to get mad at. But um, what I'm really saying is like they turned on each other pretty savage. It was funny. But also when Harry is on a date with uh, Mary Swanson and how he takes things personal uh, at a certain point. <laughs> and then he starts getting competitive with her. Um, that scene is hilarious. And his laugh, oh my God. Jeff Daniel's laugh <laughs> is like, is, is like, it's hard to get out of your head. I'm trying to think of a word. It's like. <laughs> his laugh is so funny. Like I wish, like I usually like to impersonate um, certain people in like movies or characters that I think are funny or cool or like, you know, I can't impersonate his laugh. I can't explain it. It's like, so it's not, I can't think of a word, but it's like, it's, it It basically sticks on you in a sense. <laughs> it's, it's comedy. I can go on and on, but throughout, there are memorable moments that will crack you up. And I can't get into all of them to prevent spoilers. I hate spoilers. I can't say that enough. But this whole movie has memorable jokes, scenes, moments that me and my siblings and friends uh, quote from time to time. Because it's unforgettable. It's, it really is. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just one in a million. And then as for the, the music uh, for this movie, uh, the soundtrack actually fit the movie nicely. And had like a dorky and funny tone to it. Um, For the road trip scenes, the soundtrack was good and had some memorable tracks. I mean, it literally sounded like they were, it was like good mood music, you know? It was cool. So in the box office, the gross income of this movie was actually $247.3 million, which is amazing, especially at the time. And for being a comedy, that's really good. And then as for the production cost, which is their budget, they spent $17 million. So they definitely made their profit. And then in the critic reviews, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 68%, which uh, I don't know about Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty low for this movie. This movie was like one of the greats of comedy. IMDb gave it a 7.3 out of 10, I guess. I mean, I don't agree with that. It's still kind of low. I would give it at least an 8. And then the fan reviews that's more like it. I'm telling you like when it comes to critics, I get it they they critique it in a professional stance they they try to cover all bases like they professionally review the movie, which I get they have to cover everything screenplay, you know the scene or the um cinematography and you know all that and they 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 grade each one and then come up with this ultimate score, I imagine but that's why the score seems a little more harsh. But the fan reviews, this makes sense. It got a 4.5 out of 5. So that's more that makes more sense. I mean, the fans are the ones that are gonna love this movie openly instead of like strictly critique it, you know. So definitely, that makes that that makes sense that this movie got good reviews from the fans, um, especially. and then. My expectations of this movie, I mean, I first watched this as a young boy, and I didn't really have any expectations since I didn't know much about movies at the time, or about this specific movie until I actually watched it. And some unexpected outcomes, some scenes were unexpected, um, some character agendas were kept under wraps pretty well until the final act of the movie, so they actually did a good job with that. And I didn't expect such a dark comedy scene during uh, Lloyd's dream sequence again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into details, but yeah, just watch it for yourself. You could even YouTube it if you don't want to see the full movie and just put dumb and dumber Lloyd dream and you'll see the whole thing and then just, just wait till like the end of the dream and and you, you'll know which scene I'm talking about. It's savage and it's comedy. And I, I remember watching it with my family. My dad was literally dying of laughter and like, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things about watching movies with my family, especially my dad and and my mom, is that they're just, I love experiencing and watching movies with them. That was a big part of my childhood. I, I love their reactions. Like, I love their reactions more than the freaking movie sometimes. Like, <laughs> like my mom, even though sometimes it gets over the top, but she like, she gets excited about stuff and she narrates sometimes she's like oh my god what's gonna happen now like she thinks out she really thinks out loud <laughs> I love my mom so much she, she's so funny she thinks out loud and she just uh, you know narrates it sometimes and she's you know she, she's a um, Salvadorian so you know I actually get that side of her a lot I mean we express ourselves so much and we exaggerate a lot of things, not everything. I'm not gonna be, you know, exaggerating with this, but we do exaggerate and how we express ourselves and how we, you know, talk and how and how we think out loud and but yeah, I love watching movies with my parents, with my brother, my sister, you know. Um, it's been a while since we've seen a movie all together as a family. But yeah, my dad, his laugh is like like I don't know how to explain it, it just sticks to you my dad's laugh would crack me up when 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 he would crack up i would crack up because his laugh is just like he would tilt his head back and just start dying of laughter and his laugh is so like hard to <laughs> get out of your head in, in, in a good way <laughs> um i love that part of my childhood watching movies together you know that made a big part of my childhood just you know enjoying good movies together having a great laugh together as a family like that's you know that's one of the 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 beautiful things in life to me. And uh and now I and now I do that with my wife, you know, we'll laugh at you know funny movies now when we watch movies together and then um I I've seen movies with my wife and also my uh my parents and my siblings and always a good time. Action and comedy movies. But anyway, going back to um our topics. So, is this movie rewatchable? I can rewatch this movie Literally over and over again, and it never gets old. So, definitely rewatchable. Is this movie for kids? Yes and no. If you want to watch this with your kids, just know there's some nudity, just a little bit uh, during the dream sequence. And then also uh, the dark humor scenes that are a bit much for kids. Um, so, I shouldn't have seen it so young, but I mean, besides those scenes, it was a classic comedy. So, definitely recommend it, but just watch out for those scenes. Besides that, it, it should be okay for kids. And so the movie's message, so I, at first I wasn't really going to dive into this since it's a comedy, but honestly, comedies could have good and bad or certain messages too, like a deeper meaning. So I think the message is in this movie is to return what doesn't belong to you regardless of what it is. And also don't turn your back on your best friend for someone you just met. And you don't really know well enough and you're like blindly in love with them and you just met them and you're willing to do anything to have them. So you can hurt people, obviously, you, you know, you can hurt people you care about along the way as like while you're trying to get what you want and something that you're, you've become so honed in on. And that goes for people that you want and also certain things that you want as well if it leads you down a path of greed and selfishness you'll just end up hurting the main people in your circle and yourself and yeah uh don't underestimate comedy films not having a good meaning and message um <laughs> or at least i mean that's how i see things in my in in my perspective you know like don't blindly chase something and during during the time that you're chasing that one thing or one person that you don't know and like well enough, or you're blindly chasing it impulsively. During that time, you could trample your loved ones, trample your loved ones while getting what you are obsessed with or getting what you want. And in this case, you know, uh, Lloyd. You know, I'm not going to say any too many details, but he was chasing something or someone, and he hurt. His best friend during, you know, during that time, during that process, you know, and then he realized that, you know, hey, I messed up and I don't know what I was thinking, you know, so he, you know, basically came to his senses. I'm just going to kind of go over that lightly, but yeah, I definitely see that message in this movie, although at first, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that, but really thinking about it and going over the movie again, um, that's the message that I got out of it. So yeah, there's that. And, and is this movie relatable to me or my life? So ever since I first watched this movie, uh, believe it or not, I actually started watching this movie every single day as a kid, every morning. And it got to the point where I would recite the lines and uh, the cussing from the movie so much that my mom ended up throwing the movie away. She basically had enough of me watching it every day. She would hear me say like, oh, son of a bitch. Or like words like like just cuss like cuss phrases or cuss words like that, or like you know just mimicking the movie. <laughs> and I and mind you, I was a little kid. I was like five or six or something like that. I was just a little kid reciting these lines. So eventually, she got tired of it. She would overhear me and she would be like, "Como? What did you say, Joshua?" <laughs> like. Oh, man. man. So then she threw it away. And the next time I had that movie in my possession, when obviously when I was older. (laughs) So, yeah, this is definitely one of my childhood and all time favorite comedies for sure. So that's how it relates to my life. So, The Goosebump Experience. So, I mean, this movie doesn't apply to The Goosebump Experience, but it does apply to just being a movie that makes you laugh for. Countless years. So our family cracked up, dying, watching this. And even till this day, I mean, the acting, timing, and jokes are so good. And uh, my overall review for this movie, I mean, there's not many comedies that can do what this movie was able to do. And it delivers on all its jokes spot on. And the timing of the jokes are really on point. The jokes are memorable and iconic to the point where people till this day quote a lot of lines from this movie. Um, the characters Harry and Lloyd are the perfect pair. Their chemistry make this movie, basically. Their characters are iconic and memorable, and no other comedy can compare it to this one. And one sentence to think of on the spot that sums up this movie for me. A hilarious, iconic, classic, Jim Carrey so there you have it. And then the overall rating for this film, my review, I give it a 9.8 out of 10. Easily. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any requests on what you'd like me to cover next, go ahead and submit them on my Instagram at the underscore Batcave underscore podcast or on my YouTube channel, uh, the Batcave Podcast. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next time on the Batcave.